0: there's a whole lost generation of people that don't realize the history of interest rates and where they've been and and the effect it has on a lot of things like our trading accounts
1: All right, welcome everybody to this episode of Speaking Greeks. Um, real quick, uh, I just wanted to give a quick shout out that uh, tomorrow, if anybody's listening tonight or tomorrow, um, Option Omega is doing a teaser announcement on their YouTube channel at 1 p.m. Don't miss that. Uh, our show takes place on the Speaking Greeks Discord stage, so it's uh, audience participation is always encouraged. So... Um, if you want to join in on the next episode, just join the Discord at SpeakingGreeks.com. And in this episode, we have uh, someone who's been uh, actually popping up in a lot of different Discords lately. Um, he goes by the Discord username of Notional Ed, and he has been sharing a ton of information around fixed income and bonds and T-bills and different things. And um, I wanted to have him on because I think it's uh, it's kind of new for us. I think the age group, in, at least in speaking Greeks, is of a different generation. It grew up in a no-interest environment. And there is a lot of benefit to holding these types of funds when if you're an active trader and we're gonna get into that and everything too. So um yeah go ahead Ed if you want to introduce yourself and uh we'll start at the beginning and see and and talk about like how you got into trading and what kind of set you on this path and how you got to where you are today.
0: And I'll try to do that as expeditiously as possible. First thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Uh I welcome your viewers. Please feel free to chime in with questions uh whenever Kirk signals you to do so, and um, just a little bit about me. I'm in my early 60s. I have a multi-decade background in financial services. I started in the insurance business in the early 80s. In the mid to late 80s, I got a Series 7 stock broker license. Did both of those things for about 12 years. I had an independent insurance agency, sold it, became a broker full-time. Went into brokerage management, went into uh, day trading room management in the late 90s. In the early, late, very late 90s and early 2000s, I wrote market commentary for a now defunct uh, financial website. You know, there's a lot of explosion of those things during the dot-com, the first wave of the dot-com business. And then uh, basically was trading my own account all that time. And uh, then came the Great Recession. Where uh, and I was doing fixed income all that that time, and, and we'll get into that in a minute. You kind of nailed it, Kirk. That that there's a whole lost generation of people that don't realize the history of interest rates and where they've been, and and the effect it has on a lot of things like our trading accounts, and we'll get into that. So um, you know, I was multi-licensed, and then after the two thousand eight, two thousand nine Great Recession, uh, I. Basically shifted a lot of my assets into distressed real estate, and managed my own real estate. So I became a landlord. I I got a mortgage license, thinking that industry was washed out. I could do well in it. Did that for two or three years. Couldn't stand it. Got out. Committed more money to the the real estate thing, and I've been peeling that money out of the real estate market since really late 2020, and just finished unloading another third or so of the real estate I had acquired in those early the post 2009 crash of the real estate market. Uh, So I have all that different, you know, I did financial planning, I've done budgeting. So I have the insurance, the investment, the mortgage background, uh, brokerage management, et cetera. And that's where I learned a lot about margin, et cetera. Um, And that's what I'm gonna convey a lot of to, to your viewers tonight. You know, what are these fixed income investments and how do we use them? And just coincidentally, all these things built together over the decades uh, and enabled me to basically have what is kind of seemingly a little bit proprietary information because I was exposed to the fixed income market before the, the drop 15 years ago when rates essentially have been at or near zero or very suppressed levels for the better part of the last 15 years until the last year or so. So. I'm in my early 60s, but even 15 years ago, I was in my late 40s. So, you know, there aren't a lot of people from that period that had good money that uh, were familiar with a lot of these things. Portfolio margin, for instance, I think started in 2007. So that was a weird dynamic. And then the preponderance of options and futures options, et cetera, has just been an explosion in the last few years. So I'll stop there. It's a little bit of background on me. I am on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Ed Kurtz. Uh, You can go search me there uh, and and find out a little bit more about my background. I, I am in multiple discords now. I'm in seven different discords where I drop little tidbits into the discords. Try to do it on a daily basis. I am open to your listeners for questions. I think you have me posting in your all about interest rates section under your strategies. So I've done a few posts there, just got cranked up. I haven't been here long, so it's new. Uh, But I have some things that I'll be posting there. If any of you guys want to message me, um, you you know, feel free to do an at notional ed in that discord space. And I'll see the light pop up and I'll be more than happy to come visit you guys.
1: Um yeah so um yeah that no that's all awesome uh, i i've been following you in uh, like you said you're in trade busters and uh like i think quantum with Tammy's quantum options and uh yeah it, it's all interesting information because I think a lot of us in a lot of us kind of jumped to the T bill ladder. I guess we could just jump right in. A lot of us jumped to the T bill ladder sometime last year as interest rates were climbing, and we were building these like short term T bill ladders because it was like increases every month. And I think the question now is like, there's these discussions of did we hit peak interest rates or maybe one more hike, but we're we're generally at the top. So when do and we see a lot of news or uh, a lot of headlines about like the 10 year the 20 yeah. year and i guess the question that's kind of on everybody's mind is when do we flip from a you know 3 month t bill to a 2 year t bill or two yeah. well you so know two 2 year bond treasury there are a lot of
0: nuances and strategy in that question kurt and i'd like to kind of back up a little and we should get to that at the end okay uh, how, how do we use these fixed in income instruments in our trading accounts and what is the best allocation, et cetera, et cetera. So the main point is don't feel naive and don't be afraid to ask a question because this is a whole new avenue that basically very few people have been exposed to and they're not familiar in general with all the dynamics at play. And our brokerage accounts do not really want us to understand it because they're making all this money on our, our cash that we should be making. So th- that's my main mission is to introduce people to the concept of a new income stream that's literally right in front of their face, literally right under their nose. And you'll be shocked as we get into this if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about. So I'd like to do a brief primer on what are T-bills and and, and related things. So T-bills are, tri- is that okay if I do that real quick? Oh so yeah, go ahead, take it away. So the, the, government secure, the government issues securities to operate, and I won't go into too much detail, Uh, On that, But basically, the the government issues Treasury bills, which are a year or less, Treasury notes, which are one to 10 years, and Treasury bonds, which are 10 years and beyond, generally out to 30 years. If you go into your Discord right now, you can go into that about interest rate thing, and I have a a post there where I show the yield curve in there from from one month out to 30 years. So that's all the different government debt that the the government issues on a regular basis. The one year or less are defined as T-bills they are sold uh, the government sells them at a discount and they grow over the course of the life of the t bill and mature for the full value so if you buy a 1 month t bill it's probably going to be about 99.5 and you in a month later it matures for 100 doesn't sound like much but on a large account say like for every 100,000 that someone has and we'll get into allocation in a minute but a heavy allocation into T bills or a T bill ETF will generate about $5,000 per 100,000. Uh, and again, we'll get into the details of how that works. But T bills are bought at a discount and mature at face value. Treasury notes and bonds actually are issued at par, which is 100 per 100, and they pay a coupon every six months. So there's some differences there. In our world, everyone's doing the T bills, and that's a great foundation uh, because. The main purpose that I'm trying to promote is that if you have that $100,000 account, you can invest it in these T-bills, which are bought. We can get into some, and we may have to have some follow-up on this, or maybe have another session in your Discord where I do a video presentation, Kirk, and I can go through different pages and show people different things. I've done that a few times a lot easier than just doing it by voice. That being said, Assuming you're with me so far, so you have the T-bills themselves, which you hear about people doing, or maybe you haven't heard about it. And let's get into our accounts for a minute. So let's say we have a, a futures and options account where we trade futures only. Uh, we have, let's say we have $100,000 in our account and different d- different traders use different amounts. Some people keep it in around the 20% or less area. Some people are up in the 50s. And, you know, everyone's going to do their own thing, but obviously the higher the buying power percentage in the account, the more risk we're taking, all things equal. Um, the other money in the account is our cash reserve that's there to back up our positions so that when we have volatility volatility expansion and our margins expand, we have the cash there to to soothe that margin expansion and hopefully ride out that volatility wave. So we'll just take a quick example. Let's say you have a hundred thousand dollar account and fifty thousand of it is is being used for buying power. You're at 50% BP and you only trade futures. So fifty thousand is in in, in your, your being used for margin for your futures options positions. And the other 50 is there for margin expansion. Well, that 50 is literally just sitting there. And at the various brokerages, it's being paid between 0.01% and
1: maybe 045 or 0.5%. And yeah, for bro-
0: the for, brokerages... Yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, for reference, um, TD Ameritrade is doing 0.3%. I, okay. As of Thank you.
0: And, and Schwab is 045 Tasty is 0.01%. Uh, Fidelity is also about a half a percent. Now you know, and there's no futures at Fidelity, but you could do a portfolio margin or a Reg T account and do index futures and equity futures, which we'll get into in a minute. And these same rules apply there. In fact, it's cleaner there, and there are actually some benefits to doing it that way versus the futures themselves. We'll get into that in a minute. So back to that example where 50K is, is in being used for your margin, 50K is just sitting there in cash, I mean, up until you're hearing this, if you're hearing it for the first time, you're like, yeah, dude, what else could we be doing with it? Well, here's the thing. You can take the other. So you need 50,000 for your positions. Then you have to basically understand how much margin is going to change for each of us on an overnight basis. In other words, a normal day where the market might go up or down a fraction of a percent. If you're doing commodities, et cetera, those aren't moving too crazy. Unlike the environment we've been in the last few weeks, which has been total chaos and volatility has been expanding, et cetera. So it, whatever your, your buying power was three weeks ago, it's probably 20 or 30 percent higher now or maybe even more, depending on how levered you are. And so you're eating up more of that cash reserve that you need to soothe that buying power relief. So. And again, if you're at 50 now and you were at 33 weeks ago, three weeks ago, you were using 30,000 in cash. You had 70,000 just sitting there waiting to back you up in this margin vol expansion environment. So if you have 50 now, how much does your account margin wiggle? I'll call it a wiggle overnight. And on a day like today, if you're in oil or, or, or yesterday, if you're in the SPX complex, you know, your your account's getting some stress because the market's going haywire. So you, you have that buying, extra buying power need. So you might have a bigger than normal fluctuation in your overnight cash needs because of the expanded volatility. Right now is a good time to look at your account. What is your buying power? How much do you have in buying power and how much is in free buying power? Back to that $100,000 example. It. it If you have 50 being used, you probably need 10 or 15 more thousand for margin expansion purposes. And that leaves you like 35 to 40,000 that you can put into a T-bill and earn that rate. So let's just assume you take 10,000 and leave it in cash for margin purposes, for margin, I'll call it wiggle, it's margin expansion. Um, The other 40,000 you put into T-bills, which are currently paying about five and a half percent on a one month. So five and a half percent of 40000 is $2,200 a year. So just by placing that before you knew this, the cash was there and you're happy that it's there and you're cranking out your return and we're all working our accounts and we're making what we're making. But all of a sudden, when you get this tidbit of information and you understand it, and I don't expect everyone to understand this with my very fast overview. It's a lot to pack, unpack. So. Just bear with me while I try my best to explain it and know that I am available for further questions if people have them or when they have them. So in that example, we take the 40000 put it in the T-bill, and you're earning an extra $2,200 a year, which is 2.2% on the portfolio. Now, that's not a lot, but if you're shooting for a 10% return, well, now you can make a 12.2% return with zero added risk. and. If you're shooting for a 20% return, well, you're making 22.2% if that's if you make your 20% trading goal. So it's an enhancer no matter what. And when you compound that over years, decades, like for those of you who are doing this at a younger age or even myself in my 60s, I hope to be doing this another 20 plus years. You know, this money adds up. And for those that have bigger accounts, it's an even larger account. So just extrapolate the 100000 say, into a million. You know, in that case, you just created a $22,000 extra income stream for yourself. And that's on a very highly levered account. So many people might have much lower buying power that they're using. There's a wide application of buying power percentages across the discords where I visit, and um, a lot of different risk tolerances out there. So uh, it's very difficult for me to compress that in there, but that's the headline of the first thing that I really want to explain, which is those of us who are trading futures options, and I'm just addressing futures options, not equity or index options yet. We're going to get into that in a minute. It's a whole different level. But for those who are just trading futures options, uh, and who may occasionally get assigned a futures contract. All those things need cash. You need an actual pile of cash for those. And that in that example is hundred thousand. And you build your positions, and you cap yourself out at fifty percent or whatever your cap is, et cetera. Okay, Kirk, I'm going to pause. Do you have a question on that?
1: Yeah. So, well, it's not not directly related to futures options, but I think I think it's a good place to. Uh, ask it is Nash asked if he can buy T bills in an IRA account, and I know I know that the answer is yeah. yes, but I think the other I think the other part of the question is w- what is the margin requirement in a retirement account?
0: Okay, that's a great question, and it's a it's a pivotal question because it's important to know. I've come up with little phrase. You can only use your cash once. So. By that, I mean, in the example I just gave, you have your futures allocation of, and let's call this futures account an IRA account. You want to go there? Let's go there real quick. So you have 100000 in an IRA. Let's assume you're at, um, I don't know, either Tasty or, think or swim because I'm kind of familiar with those in this situation. You build up, obviously, your buying power is a little more restricted in an IRA because they require basically more buying power for the same position in an IRA versus a non-IRA. But in an IRA, let's say you're also cranking out at 40% buying power. You have that other 50000 just sitting there in your account waiting to be used for margin expansion purposes. Again, if you're watching your account, and I'm at I'm at fifty thousand, and now I'm at fifty four thousand, now I'm at 49,000, and it's wiggling in these three or four thousand ranges on on any given day, and it's probably less than that, but on a volatile day, you might have a five to ten thousand dollar move on that size account with that type of leverage. I'm guessing. Um, you can take that extra, so you have your cash that you need for margin. You have your cash that you need for margin expansion purposes, and that's up to each one of us to decide. And then you have the remainder of the cash that's literally just sitting there for a a massive volatility expansion. In a crisis, you need the cash there, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, you can take that money and go buy T-bills with it. So, in that example, you might want to leave in an IRA, maybe you want to leave either 10 or 15,000 for margin expansion purposes and take the balance and go ahead and put it into a T-bill. And at Tasty, it's difficult. At Ameritrade, you go into their website, and I'll have to do a whole separate thing on this, Kirk. There's a lot of instruction here. Um, But you go into, into the platform and you go into their fixed income section and you can participate in the auctions that they do. And I have pages that I usually drop into sessions in this type of thing where I sh- instruct people where to go and how to look at these things. So we're definitely going to have to do a video. Um, yeah.
1: There, there's actually a video at the speaking Greeks, YouTube on how to buy T bills on the um, okay. open in the new auction and the secondary market on TD Ameritrade.
0: It. Well, go use that resource for your listeners. It's critical for that.
1: I think so, there, I think there's a tutorial for interactive brokers in the discord and um yeah, and then I think, like you said, Tastyworks, it's real hard. Like, you have to call in, it's $25. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous because it, it, they want to they they scrape not, that they, interest, they're,
0: though. They're not consumer friendly. So, the ones that I know are consumer friendly are Ameritrade and Schwab. Interact those have Schwab and Ameritrade have primary markets, um, which is the auction, and secondary mo- uh, markets, which is where the already auctioned T bills, and T notes, and T bonds are traded. So, at, at Ameritrade and Schwab, it, it's primary and secondary. At Interactive Brokers, it's it's secondary only. You can buy them right on the platform. I don't know how because I don't have an account, but I've consulted with quite a few people who have looked at their accounts, and it's, it's right there, bid-ask, you buy them. They're very competitive in the secondary market. Schwab is competitive in the secondary market. Ameritrade is not as competitive in the secondary market, meaning... And I got to get into a little bit of the mechanics of how the secondary market works. I don't know how much we want to drill down on that now. No,
1: but. I yeah, I am interested in that because I have heard that um, like TD Ameritrade doesn't charge you because they're scraping it from the that's, that's from, from how they price so, it.
0: Yeah, so so the, the 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 scraping it is an interesting term. Yeah, so at, at Schwab, Schwab has Schwab Bank. All right. So Schwab probably has some of this stuff in their own inventory, or they're just willing to pass it on to us at less of a markup. When these brokers, when they we click our orders, like at Ameritrade, they do not have market uh, uh, inventory of this stuff. They have to, we're clicking it and they're using a second firm, a, an off uh, 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 another company, if you will, who has bond inventory. So they're going, they're taking our order and going to someone who has bond inventory. They buy the T-bill, they mark it up a couple of pennies, and then they sell it to us, and that's it. So there's no commission, quote unquote, but there is a markup. So the markup is where the brokers make their money. They can also charge a commission. So like at at Ameritrade, I had to sell some T-bill at one point. I sold 15,000. They charged me two bucks to do it. So I know they charged me two bucks because it said it right there on the, 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 the confirmation. And I know they did the markup thing. So I sold it to them and they bought it back from me at a price that they were going to make a little bit of money as they disposed of it on the other end, if that makes sense. I'm kind of simplifying it a little. So yes, there's a markup along the food chain of t-bill acquisition and it's not much but it's something and then so let's just bounce in but that's not to be feared okay because keep in mind and we're getting into some like negatives the main goal that everyone has to keep in mind is you have this bucket of money in your account that's being used only for margin expansion purposes And I'm introducing the concept that you can take that and you can go put it into a short-term fixed income instrument like a T-bill or like a T-bill ETF, which is an exchange-traded fund that's made up of T-bills, which you can buy at Tasty. It's very easy. BIL is one. SGov is another. Those are two that I think are very good. Um, And you just click the button and get into those things. At Tasty, if you want a T-bill, you have to get the QSIP number, which is the little electronic identifier. And you have to go to the, like the site I would normally post here. You can go here and look at it. If you have access to another brokerage account, you can go in and look at their secondary market and find the T-bill that you want. Look at the QSIP. You call Tasty. You say, hey, Tasty, I want to buy a T-bill. They say, okay, how much? You tell them, I want to buy 100000 And this is the QSIP I want. They take that CUSIP and they put you on hold. They go out to their firm, their, their partner firm, and they buy that T bill they come back to you and say well here's the price and this is what it's going to yield and you say yes i want it or no i don't if you want it they put you back on hold again they go get the 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 T bill and they come back it's in your account they charge you 25 bucks and yes there's been at least one markup on the way probably from the people tasty is dealing with don't have inventory and they have to go out so there's probably two steps of markup there so what i found at tasty they are not like if you look at If you look at, say, a Fidelity secondary market or wherever you have an account, that you can look at that secondary market. You can see where it's priced and see what it's yielding. I have rarely found anyone that has an execution that's as good as that. Usually, it's about a tenth of a percent off. So If if you're looking at 5.3, usually you get a 5.2% at Tasty. Plus they're charging you 25 bucks. So unless you're doing a big giant piece like 50,000 or a hundred thousand and not doing it for a month, but six months or a year, you, it's not affordable at Tasty. Tasty with their $25 fee is basically telling you, we don't want to do it, but we'll do it if you really want to do it, but we're not going to make it user-friendly for you at all. Why? One, they're not set up with it. Two, it's a big pain in their behind and they don't really make much money on it. Three. They want to take your money that's only being paid 0.01% and loan it out to the people who are doing margin loans overnight. That's where they get their money to loan the money out to other clients that are using margin loans. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> they don't they don't want us to be able to easily allocate our money into these things. So they're not T-bill friendly. It, you can't build a T-bill effectively there. I have a T-bill ladder there because I have one that matures tomorrow. Oh, it's day after tomorrow. I'm, it, and I'm going to roll it out two years because I like where the two-year rate is right now. And I want to lock it up for two years. If rates go higher, they go higher. I'm okay with that. There's some nuances there. I'm not advocating anyone do it. But if you got into my, my further beyond fixed income info with what I'm doing with my accounts, it, there's a reason for that. So I'll take that and I'll go out and, and buy a two-year. So I'll have one tranche of T-bill that is two years old after I buy it on Friday. And I'll have another tranche that um, I just bought in August that expires next August. And then in August, I'll probably roll it out a year or two years at that point. And I'll have a giant, very lengthy T-bill ladder. And in fact, if you remember my definition, going beyond a year is actually a treasury note. So I'm actually building a treasury note ladder. And my Schwab account, where it's very easy to do this, and it's a bigger account, I actually have 11, currently 11 different T-bills that go from October 16th all the way out to, I believe, September of 2025. And I'm I'm stretching my T-bill ladder out so I can lock in these rates for, quote, as long as possible, unquote. Now, there's some bond nuances. When interest rates move, like in the last two weeks, we've seen a plunge in, in bond prices. If you look at ZB or you follow interest rates at all, or you're wondering why is the market going bonkers, it's because the market is going crazy right now because they're freaking out about what Powell said. Now, I, I'm not, I'm not going to go there too deep unless you want me to or I can do it later. Maybe we could stay on the mechanics of all this. Guide me back. Kirk, where do you want me to? Go?
1: <laughs> so uh, yeah, so um yeah, we can circle back around to that. But before we jump into, uh, before we wrap up, like, uh, portfolio or margin requirements on futures mm-hmm. options. Um, mm-hmm. De- Dale had a question. Uh, if you were to trade like five one one two positions on ES and have a strangle on CL and GC,
0: mm-hmm. what
1: would be a re- reasonable reserve for vol expansion?
0: Okay, so. Without knowing anything about this person's account, you know, it's very likely a six-figure account and probably at least a small, if not medium-sized one. So you need to look at your buying power. Is there anything else going on besides the the futures options in your account? Do you have any SPX, SPY, Microsoft, Apple, uh, whatever options? Or is it just pure? It's just pure.
1: He said bullish spreads. Hey Dale, if you have your mic, you can come up on stage. Hey Dale, I'm gonna invite him to speak here.
2: Hey Dale, I'm actually in your Discord
0: too. So- hey, hey, Ed, da- you are. Dale,
1: Dale owns. Uh, Dale is a former guest and runs the Trade Diff Discord. So, yeah, mm-hmm. jump in, Dale. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah well, and uh, Sandra is really good at publicizing your stuff, Ed. She's always uh, talking about T Bill Tuesday and yeah.
0: You know, well, stuff, I have so. to tell you, I'm in both of these discords because of Sandra. She's right here now doing her little yoga pose.
3: Thank you, Sandra. She's a great little publicist.
0: So she's in, embraced this thing with a lot of enthusiasm, and she is helping me spread the word on all this. So uh, I, I've thanked her elsewhere. I'll thank her again. Thank you, Sandra. And uh, and I've worked with Sandra on her account and we've tweaked out a few things. She's got a couple of different accounts with different structures and different goals. And, and that's the thing. I have three different accounts. I have an IRA, a, a, a small six-figure account and a larger six-figure account. And I have different target returns for each one of those and different structures with what I'm doing. And I only trade futures in a futures only account, which is actually one of my smaller accounts. So don't want to get into too much exactly what I'm doing, but there is a different allocation on different types of accounts as well as different strategies. So, Dale, it was your question about I have these different things on. You have a diversified,
3: yeah, so I would say uh, about twenty percent of the margin requirements is is in uh, trading futures. Okay. And there's probably um, You know, uh, 50 percent allocated to bullish spreads Mm -hmm. and about 50 percent of the buying power is allocated every day to SPX, zero DTE and iron flies. All right.
0: So your account is about as complex as there can be because you're mixing uh, span margin. And it's not, I'm not saying that in a bad way, Dale. What you're doing is extremely typical. I was starting out with the foundation of if you trade futures only, basically it's a one, two, three. What's your margin? What's your typical margin? How much does your account vacillate with margin moves? And how much cash essentially sits there doing Zippo for you? When you figure out that, you can basically allocate the cash sitting there doing Zippo for you into T-bills or BIL or S-Gov or something like
3: that. So if, if I'm looking here, at, uh-huh. at cash and sweet vehicle, all right, it's about half 50% of my account value is in the cash and sweet v- okay. vehicle all on TOS. Right. So, on cost.
0: so it, we, we covered the futures and how that works. Let me flip the page and say, let's say we do only. And then we'll go to you, Dale. We're going to do only index and equity options and nothing else. So no futures, no individual stocks, nothing. You have 100000 in cash. You only trade, say, SPX. And maybe you do a SPY campaign. And maybe you do some equity options, like some short options on Apple or Microsoft or USO, because you don't want to trade CL, because maybe you can't, or because maybe you're about to hear what I'm going to tell you, and it's going to be interesting to you. So... In an options account that does not trade futures, let's take that $100,000 example again. You can take almost basically the whole $100,000 and put it into T-bills or BIL, and you get margin relief off of the T-bills or the T-bill ETF. And the numbers work like this. Okay, let me just say this. When you put the money into that investment, some of the cash is held back and the rest is released as buying power to you. That is what you're using if you allocate this 50% cash that you have, Dale, into, say, BIL. You'll be earning the rate of return on BIL, and you use the buying power off the BIL to do your non-futures, equity, and index option trades. So I have an account. It's the small in fact both of my accounts I don't I I have permission to trade futures in one and not the other the big account I don't trade futures in so the big account I have literally stuffed 100% with T bills that's where that 11 tranche T bill ladder lives and a tiny tiny amount of BIL just enough to where I basically leave right next to zero in cash in the account and I have that immense multi hundred thousand dollars worth of buying power to go do my trades. So I have a spy put campaign. I have, and that's all I do in that account. I do a spy put campaign. I'm sorry I'm getting into the weeds of what I do, but I guess it's relevant to this. So uh, in fact, I'll back out. What I'm saying is if you're not trading futures, you can, and you're only trading options in that account. Again, no stock, no anything else. It's just 100,000 in cash that you're trading, the index options on and equity uh, options on. You basically have a hundred. You have more than a hundred thousand dollars worth of buying power being thrown off by that. So, um, you can take the hundred thousand, put it in T bills, and then you easily can use hundred thousand dollars worth of buying power for all your trades. So, if you're not trading futures, you're trading SPX, SPY, USO, Microsoft, Apple, etc., and you kind of like keeping your buying power at fifty percent. You can put a hundred thousand into T bills or the T bill ETF. And use that buying power to do all your trades. And you do a trade; it puts cash in the account. You wait to see what happens. You close the position. You keep the cash that you've hopefully earned uh, in the trade. So I'm blazing through this at warp speed. I don't expect everyone to assimilate it uh, immediately, but in a non futures in a non futures options account. You have the ability to completely load up the account with these fixed income things, earn that five, five and a half percent, and still do all the trades you've been doing all along. Hence, you've just found hidden money, just like you found it in the IRA, uh, in, in the 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 futures account, where you had this big pile of cash being used for margin purposes. Now you can put it into these fixed income investments because you don't need that cash. In this case, you don't need the cash because you're using the buying power off of it. Okay, that might be confusing. Let me stop and let people ask questions so I can clarify what I just
1: said. Did that answer your question, Dale? Yeah, it gave me
3: um, some idea. Uh, One one follow-up question is should a person – I'm looking at Thinkorswim, and, Mm -hmm. you know, there's cash and sweep vehicle. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's day trading, buying power. You mm-hmm. know, there, uh, is, it, is the cash and sweep vehicle primarily what you should be looking at?
0: Yeah, great question again. Thank you. I'm actually logged into Think of the Swim now, so I'll be going by memory until I'm logged in. When you go to your uh, positions tab, you know, monitor positions,
2: um, right next to it is the account statement tab. Hang on, just uh, In that account positions tab, if you click on it, there's going to be another cash and sweep number. There's probably
0: is something that says futures cash. I'm still logging in, so bear with me. Do you see those in your account, Dale?
3: I do. It says uh, cash and sweep vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: like yeah, so so your cash and sweep vehicle, like that's your available cash. So. And if you – so if you have $100,000 and you buy $100,000 of T-bills, then your cash and sweep will go to zero, but your your option buying power would be yeah. reduced to like 90, 99000 Yeah,
0: with the T-bills because T-bills
1: – So you would still have $99,000 of buying yeah. power but yeah. $0 of cash because it's all in the T-bill. That's exactly right.
0: So – so, yeah, we'll just do a side st- oh, stop. Let's stop what we were talking about and talk about that. What is the margin relief on these? So at Amer- it's different at every broker. So I'm sorry, but you got to call your broker and find out. But I'll tell you, at Ameritrade, a year or less, they hold back 1%. So if you put 100000 in, you get 99000 in buying power relief. And you can use that 99000 to go do $50,000 worth of trades with the buying power and you still have $49,000 worth of expansion dollars waiting for you in the margin buying power being thrown off by the T-bill. That's just the way it is. At Schwab, they hold back 4%. At Tasty, it's 6%. So I don't know what it is at IBKR. It varies by broker. And then the the T-bill ETFs also vary by broker. And it also varies by account type.
1: Now, I was going to say, do, does that margin requirement vary based on if it's Reg T or portfolio margin? It does. It does.
0: So, it, well, it does and it doesn't. The The buying power thrown off, is as long as you have a Reg T account, RPM, it doesn't matter. The T-bill the throws off all that buying power, and it's usable. Okay. For the person that asked the question about the IRA, there is no buying power relief for anything at all because it's a cash account there is no margin you can trade futures in the ira and that's span margin but it's not reg t margin and it's not portfolio margin they're different things portfolio margin and span margin are basically the same critter you know like it's the same thing with different stripes i don't know the exact calculations but they basically crank out to the same thing uh, I know when the brokers are looking at Reg T versus, uh, uh, versus uh, I mean, portfolio versus spam, they're different parameters. I think with futures, they look the futures options, they look at a plus or minus 7%. And with, Reg, with uh, PM, I think they look at 15% moves up and down to set margin. And that's why things are more expensive when you do it in portfolio margin versus futures. Futures generally use a little bit less buying power. Futures also have more blow-up ability, like they're starting out lower, but they can expand more. All things equal if you have something that's similar notionally, okay? So let's go back to the Ameritrade account. So I blew right through all that margins, you know, the relief and all that. Just remember, if you trade futures, you've got to have actual cash to trade your futures. You have to have actual cash for your margin expansion, and the rest of your cash is available to stuff into all these fixed income investments. Reaping the extra few thousand that you can off of it, up to many thousands, it depends on your account size, but per hundred thousand, it's a few thousand extra dollars. Um, and again, it depends if you have less, buy, if you're at 20 or 25 percent all the time, then you have probably 70 percent of your account you can put T bills. You can put 70,000 in there and you're going to earn like thirty nine hundred dollars a year in interest. So it, it again, each one of us varies going into the thinkorswim swim platform if you go to monitor and then the account statement tab there's something that you see the cash and sweet vehicle it's the same cash and sweet vehicle number that you see over in the account info section at the top
2: left right Dale
3: um say that again
2: the the or anyone who's listening can answer in the account
0: statement section, you see the cash and sweet vehicle and it's the same number as the cash and sweet vehicle number in your account info. Yes.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And below that, do you have futures cash balance showing? I do, yeah. Okay. For those of you who are listening to this that have a Thinkorswim account, that are listening and looking and like, well, where's my futures cash balance? You have to call them. If you don't see it, call them and say, add the futures cash balance tab to my platform. They'll click buttons, they'll turn it on, and then you can see not only how much cash is in your cash and sweep, but also how much cash is in your futures cash balance. Let's pause there for a minute. And again, this is something I usually take two hours to explain and have video to go. So I apologize, I have to bounce all over the place and just touch on all these things. But when you do a futures trade, it settles overnight. So overnight, and and think... Ameritrade self clears. They're not like Tasty, who clears through someone else, and Tasty's got its own little discussion that we'd have to get into because anyway, let's just go to Ameritrade. Ameritrade self clears. So every night they look at your futures positions. They said, okay, you initiated or close these, and then the margin change for that, and whatever that net cash amount is, they either put cash in to the futures account. Or they take it out. So your cash and sweep vehicle may not tell you exactly what your futures cash balance is, or how much cash you actually need. Like Dale, if, if you well, the market's plunging and you do a one one two, and the market goes down another two percent, you might say, well, you know. And I don't know if you're a scheduled trader or a metrics trader or what, but you know, like I I used to be a metrics trader, and now I'm a scheduled trader, and I use metrics as kind of my my. Addition, but I schedule trades subject to the metric. So, I do one like I do a one-one-two. I actually do a one-one-one in SPX once per month. Um, but in certain accounts, if the market goes down a whole bunch, I permission myself to accelerate that because I'm the the routine scheduling of a position into an account is like a dollar cost average. You don't, if you can do seven one, one, twos and es in your account, you don't want to put them all on in one day. And you really don't want to put them on one a day either over the next seven business days because you're kind of jamming up all your risk into one pile. And it's not a good thing to do in general unless we're in a very elevated environment and you're all in cash and you want to start a campaign. Even then I would spread it out and space it out just to be safe. We never know where the market's going to go. Is it going to stop here down six, seven, eight percent from the high? The recent high, are we going to go down another 5 or 10%? We don't know. So we don't want to put all our money into the the, the market at one time. We want to space that market out so we're averaging in at different levels and selling different strikes over time. Okay, sorry, I got distracted with myself there. Go get your futures (laughs) cash balance at, at Ameritrade and tell them to turn it on. And then you can kind of look at your cash and sweep and your futures cash balance. So if you see a negative futures cash balance and you don't have enough cash in the cash and sweep to cover that, and you just put on new positions, you need to understand you're using up all your cash and maybe more, and you may need to go sell some T-bill or T-bill ETF to free up the cash that you're going to need for that margin expansion or new, or new position you put on that's giving you a negative futures cash balance. So, Dale, if you wake up tomorrow... Are uh, you finished trading tomorrow? And you look at your overnight thing, and you're like negative nine thousand, and your cash and sweep is at seven thousand. You've over allocated into a T bill or T bill ETF at that moment in time, based on your positions and what the market is doing, which is kind of blowing up. So you need to liquidate some of your T bill holdings so you don't incur a margin loan. Whenever you use all your cash more than once, you're use you're incurring a margin loan. So, I know a lot of people unfortunately that I've bumped into doing this instead of adopting that. I can only use my cash once thing, like we'll bounce back to the futures only the futures options only uh example where fifty thousand was in that we we're gonna leave ten or thousand or so for mortgage expansion and put about forty thousand
2: into a t bill t bill t bill e t f so <clears throat> excuse me, sir that. I apologize. I got a little distracted there. Um, So that's a clean
0: cut situation. The stuff that's going on behind the surface is the confusion that we don't exactly know. But you need to watch it. Once you start allocating into this, you basically need to watch those two numbers to make sure they don't go negative. When they go negative, you're incurring a margin loan. Our companies, our brokers will let us incur humongous margin loans. Because they want to charge us the, the double-digit interest rate that they're charging, they want to make the 13 to 15 percent margin loan rate. Except IBKR, they're consumer-friendly on that end too. It's probably like seven or eight percent right now. But still, you don't want to pay a margin loan at seven to 15 percent on money that you're using to make five and a half. So you don't want to have a negative spread. You want to have that positive. So the way to make it positive is. You allocate properly based on your account and you learn it. It's going to take a little time. You figure out what you need and you make the proper allocation into that. And you almost never have to fiddle with it again, um, except that over time, you'll really learn what your actual need is and you'll see, well, I always have at least 12,000. I'm going to put another five in the T-bill ETF and you do it. And so you you, you do, I, I call it getting your, your fingers burned. You walking up to a fire, it's cold. You want to warm your hands on the fire. You need to get close enough to it to make sure your hands get warm. But if you get too close, you're going to burn your fingertips. So in our, that analogy basically says we want to maximize our cash allocation as much as possible into these fixed income things, but we don't want to incur a margin loan because that's when our fingertips get burned. So at Ameritrade, it's pretty easy to watch your cash and sweep and your futures cash balance. And if you at all understand the positions you put on, Dale, when you do a one-one-two, I don't know what kind of account it's in. It's probably like a $7,000 margin or something. But I don't know because I don't know exactly where you trade. It might be higher if you're at IBKR.
3: Yeah, it's, it, it, it's around $8,000 per okay. one, one. So, two, so you
0: know when you click that button, you better have at least $8,000 in cash to do your position. And right now, you've got tons of cash. But when you start allocating this into this other asset, this other bucket, this other stack, this other income stream you're going to see the benefit and you're going to want to keep doing it so <clears throat> start conservatively with your allocation into these things and let it settle all this stuff takes time futures settle overnight bill settle t bills the t bill etf settles in t plus 2 all etfs are trade date plus 2 so if if I sell a T-bill tomorrow the T-bill ETF tomorrow Thursday it's going to settle on Monday. Not Friday, but the second business day. The T-bills themselves have one day to settle. At Schwab if you sell a T-bill today because you need the money, they're going to charge you money uh, margin interest on whatever balance you owe overnight because they don't give you immediate credit for the cash, even in a portfolio margin account because I tested it and and they charged me a little bit. Ameritrades friendlier. in their account in a portfolio margin account, you can have it you can go sell that T bill and boom. The cash shows right up there in your cash and sweep, and they make it available to you immediately. Again, it's different at every brokerage firm. So I, I, I kind of went down a rabbit hole, Dale, I want to come back to you. So we've addressed futures only, futures options only. We've addressed equity and index options only. Now we're going to add the two together. And and we've kind of skimmed over the equity index only option thing. For those that heard that and you're like, what the hell is this guy talking about? I got 100,000. He wants me to put 100,000 into T-bills. How is that going to work? It just does. So, and if you don't believe that, I'll have to do some posts and and some info for your, your viewers to understand that a little better. But you can call your brokerage firm and say, hey, broker i got $100,000 here. I want to put it in BIL, and I understand I'm going to get $25,000 is going to be held back for, for margin for, for margin purposes. I'm being released $75,000 in margin relief that I can use to do my trades. Is that right? And they're going to say, yes, that's right. I mean, they're not going to educate you on this, because remember, they want to pay you the 0.01 to 0.50, and they want to loan your money out overnight to all the people that need it at 15%. They are not going to just say, sure, let's help you set that up, Mr. Client or Mrs. Client. They don't want you to understand this. So,
1: there. Yeah, now, so let's, merge, Mike, let's merge
0: your two together, Dale.
1: Oh, hold on, pause, pause real quick right here because um, that was one of the questions that uh, Mike asked in the chat was he was asking it, what the margin requirement in a Reg T account was for like BIL and SGOV. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know I have a portfolio margin account, but it's uh, I have US, a little bit of USFR, and I want to say it's like 5 or 7%. Mm-hmm.
0: And if it's 7%, I'm guessing you're probably
1: at Tasty? Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. TD Ameritrade. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm checking the right Ameritrade,
0: now. Though. My bill at Ameritrade is 7%. So yours is probably close to that. It may vary a little tiny bit based on what you have in your account um it's also seven percent at tasty if you have a portfolio margin account if you yeah, do that's not, not about and you only, right. let's go reg t for a minute portfolio is a whole different critter much more friendly uh at schwab it's 15 percent by the way in a portfolio margin account for bil so even that varies by portfolio margin account by firm as to how much they're going to release to you kind of crazy but it is um Schwab is Schwab is very
1: conservative so it was interesting are. to even see that they would merge with TD which is kind of known as like the active trader group.
2: Well, we and can I'll be interested that,
1: Kirk, because so, I'll, I'll be interested to see how they treat the mar- different the very the big uh big difference in very um the big difference in margin requirements, because I know that this is kind of going off topic, but there was some discussion a couple of weeks ago about changes to calendar trades and how Schwab now views calendar trades. I think it's like less than three days to expiration. They take uh, the margin requirement of just the short leg and they don't factor the long legs in. And um, yeah, and, and it's just uh, crazy. But that's anyway, nice. that's
0: nice. And yet they. So my big account, I transferred to Bob ahead of time. My account's scheduled to move in March of next year, as our most active Tasty Trade, uh, active Thinkorswim customers that I'm running into. And because I do this huge volume of of T-bills and treasury notes, and because I said earlier that Ameritrade's not competitive, I moved it there proactively, and I left another account at Ameritrade, so I'd have my Thinkorswim platform in the meantime. And unfortunately, they were not ready for me. So everything's working out great in the T-bill and T-note category. I'm getting great pricing and I like their platform a lot. But it took me three weeks to get portfolio margin set up. I have a joint account. I can't trade futures in a joint account with them. It's got to be in a separate account. Uh, even though my wife had to take the portfolio margin test to get for me to get portfolio margin in our joint account, they're still not allowing futures activity in that account. It's got to be done in a separate account, and I don't know if they're going to change that. Right now, they do not allow futures trading in, and by futures I mean futures and futures options in an IRA. I'm being told they'll change that in January. There's a lot of people freaking out right now about all these weird things, and Schwab. The, the, I'm telling you, for someone that gobbled up a pretty big entity. They really I mean look, it's only October and I'm sure they're learning trial by fire right now as people move over, but they, they are not ready to accommodate us with the same level of product availability as Ameritrade. Their reps are very friendly and very knowledgeable. I will give them that. They are really great. But the functionality of what's going on, there's some, a lot of their cylinders don't seem to be clicking. So I'm kind of keeping the faith that they will click by the time all my other accounts move over. And otherwise, there's going to be a mass exodus out of Schwab elsewhere. And it's going to be a big event for all these other brokerages to go gobble up that money because there'll be people that I know that won't be able to tolerate what Schwab is doing. Um, I'm not a high leverage guy. But, if I were, I would not like what Schwab's doing to my account. So I, I know that they're going to have a little bit of pushback on that.
1: Schwab was one of my first mm-hmm. brokers before I even really got into options. and I was just uh, just building like a dividend portfolio. And they uh, I asked for margin. And I think I guess they're like one of the only brokers that do a credit check. And at the time, my credit was garbage, and mm-hmm. they actually called me and fired me as a customer, as a client. And wow. that's how I actually ended up at TD Ameritrade. And then, like months later, they announced that they were buying them, and I was like, "Shit." <laughs> yeah, that's but that's uh, it's been years now, so I mean, I don't, I, I, things have changed. I don't foresee. I hope they don't do like the control F and go and find find names of past banned customers, but we'll see. <laughs> But can I just pop
0: back to Dale a second and address? Yeah, for multi- sure. Yeah, his multi because we've 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 baked the cake and we put the icing on. Let's put the candles on it. So we've looked at the options and futures only. Uh, we've looked at the either reg T or portfolio margin at least briefly only where we do equity and index options. Now we're going to look at Dale's account, which is very typical where people are doing all this stuff. So Dale, one you have one pile of a hundred thousand in cash. 50,000 of it is used for your options, uh, uh, futures options. Um, your other money is in cash, and the cash is throwing off the buying power that your SPX and your other trades are doing, the other option trades. So unknown to you before right now, you could actually, you need some margin expansion. So you still need to leave, let's say, 10,000 for margin expansion, then you can take the other 40000 and put it into BIL or a T-bill, and you can use the $40,000 worth of buying power to do all your trades that you were doing with the cash, but you can do it with the buying power that's being thrown off of the T-bill or T-bill ETF and not need the cash, which therefore enables you to earn this extra stream of income off the cash that you didn't even know you were aware of. So your trick is not to overallocate into too many futures options and too many equity and index options to where you may be accident. And if you're staying at 50% with both of those, great. But if you're doing 20% in one thing and you're doing 50% in the other... It's very difficult because you're really your your ability to allocate in that situation is is much smaller because you're really using a lot of your buying power. Now you said you use I think about fifty percent of your buying power to do zero DTE. My understanding, because I'm not a margin specialist, I mean I kind of know what I'm explaining at lightning speed here, and I believe me, I could drill down for hours. A couple of you've talked to me, you know I can go
2: on forever. Um. In your situation, sorry, just wet the whistle, you have to be careful because I don't know how much buying power
0: your zero DTE uses overnight. My understanding is what you use, what you get in and out of intraday does not affect your overnight margin. Do you know, Dale, if it does or not?
3: It washes your, right now, my margin's being held, but in the overnight, it will wash back into my account before, before okay. the market opens right. tomorrow morning.
0: So I wish I could give you more info on that, but that's an example that I am not uh, able to give you the answer for. But if you call the broker, I think you said Ameritrade, call him and ask, hey, I'm doing this zero DTE stuff. I see my margin blow up during the day and it washes out overnight. If I allocate money into like a t bill or a t bill etf is that going to cause me an overnight margin issue does that kind of make sense
3: it does make sense so okay. kind of what, what your concern would be is if that um is like they may charge you a temporary uh margin yeah if it doesn't yep
0: yeah so if you're going 50% 50% day after day monday through friday and they're actually You're you're okay because you have it there in cash, so they're pulling it off. You're okay with that. And frankly, if you're trading SPX and the indexes are equity options, you can use the buying power off of it, too. So you're able to do that. I would just feel more comfortable if you said, hey, I'm doing all this. How does that affect my overnight margin? And they're going to say it doesn't. Or they're going to say it does. And they're going to tell you how. Chances I would, if I had to bet, I'm gonna, I'm guessing they're gonna say it doesn't affect it overnight, which means all that money, the other fifty, you can leave 10-ish in cash for your margin expansion, and the other 50, 40, you put into the T bill ETF. Let's say you use B I L of the forty you put in, they hold ten thousand, which is twenty five percent. They release the thirty thousand, and you're free to use that thirty thousand for your zero D T E. In buying power, and you're free to use your cash that's sitting there as well. So you've basically taken 10,000 of the 50 and you're using it for your T-bill allocation, your T-bill ETF allocation. You're using all the cash so you can only use that once, but your non-futures options are only using the buying power off that investment.
3: I think uh, what I'm my takeaway from this is to start out out small and, and monitor. Things mm-hmm. and then uh, mm-hmm. as as it looks good, and then I'll I'll ramp it up slowly.
0: That's the best thing you can do. And again, for those of you who look at buying power, like I can do this, and it uses as much buying power. And I can do. I've seen people take. I'll use the hundred thousand example. They take a hundred thousand. They buy a hundred thousand dollars worth of T bill or T bill ETF. They take all the released buying power from that and go buy more T-bill or T-bill ETF. And it's kind of a chain, like how much can I buy? A lot, but everything above 100,000 is actually a margin loan. So you don't want a margin loan. So yes, start small. In fact, in an account like yours, I'd say start out at 10% and you'll see like, I still have a boatload of cash and I'm still okay in my futures cash balance. And then you'll say, I'm going to do another 10. You wait two days, let it settle. I'm going to do another 10. I'm going to do another 10. And you'll slowly walk up to that fire, Dale, until your hands are nice and warm, and you'll feel the warmth, and you'll stop walking up to it. And then you're good to go. You're good to go until there's a volatility expansion moment. Then you need to go liquidate some of it to turn it back into cash to cover your volatility expansion needs. All
2: right, if it's well-
0: futures options, if it's just an SPX, your SPX 112 moving against you. You have all the buying power up to the buying power that they say you have before you incur a margin loan. So Uh, once uh, you figure out these little moving pieces, there is a learning curve here. I call it free money. In in a week or two of experimentation and study and implementation, you will learn. Like basically this hour, hour and a half we're spending. Some of you are going to walk away with enough knowledge to go run with this. And starting tomorrow, you're going to take advantage of this incredible new income stream that you didn't even believe, know happened, and it's going to make you pretty happy. I know it makes me happy, and I make people happy every day when I explain this to them. And the bigger the account, the happier they are. Because, again, and that is I've run into people with multimillion-dollar accounts. If someone's got $8 million in their account and $6 million of it is sitting there for buying power relief, they can put $6 million almost in T-bills and earn an extra 300,000 on it. I mean, it is real money and it's your money and you're basically using your own cash to do what the broker's doing, which is taking your cash and earning the spread. But instead of them doing it, you're doing it. It's very similar to when we deposit money into a bank. You put the money into a bank, they either pay you no interest or they pay you a little interest and they take that money and loan it out and make a big fat spread on it. We are using our own cash to create our own income stream, and we are making the spread, in effect, on our own money. We just have to figure out how each of our accounts can handle that. Is it an IRA, like we kind of talked about? Is it a futures only? Is it a futures with equity and and index options as well? Is it one of those that's reg T, or is it portfolio margin? All these, how much leverage do I use? All these create a different dynamic to make it impossible for me to blanket statement what someone can or can't do. But we did pick a apart a couple of examples here and said, hey, if it's this, then that. If it's this, then that. Again, I've been blabbing full speed for about an hour now. I'm sure <laughs> some of you have your eyes rolling in the back of your head. I want you to at least accept the fact that I'm presenting something to you that you either knew about before or you had no clue about. If you had a little clue like, oh, I've been doing the T-bill thing and chunka chunka chunka, you're doing it on the surface, you didn't get into the guts of what's actually going on in your account. And that's what we're doing here tonight. We're getting into the guts of what happens in that account, depending on the account type and the account structure. So,
3: again, so I think that,
1: I think that it, answers your questions, though.
3: It does. Thank you, Ed. And Sandra and I will get up. A- Close to the fire with bring your marshmallows, yep. Sandra. And, uh, Sandra's gonna, already got gonna, her fingers finger nice
2: and the, warm.
0: Sandra is our, all cozy by her fire. Sandra's a happy camper. She's all be,
1: good to go. We're
3: gonna be so, roasting some tea bills. So I'm gonna go ahead and leave the stage now. Thanks for
1: inviting me up, Kurt. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks. Yeah. Take care, buddy. I, I I think that that was a ton of info. um So yeah, basically it. I, I guess the the what it boils down to is yes, T bills are very uh, cash efficient and they're actually yielding a dividend or a payout of you know mm-hmm. th- there's there's a incentive to purchase them now. And if you're an active trader like probably everybody that's gonna even listen to this, mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a useful tool because for reference you know you said or we said T bills were one percent, and I know that like spy on my portfolio margin is fifteen percent. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and it's just one of those things It's almost free money, you know, because like you said, all these brokers yeah. are all the brokers with the exception, of like interactive brokers, they offer like 4.8 percent on cash. And, you know, and so like it's not you still get interest there. But all the other brokers, like you said before, they're fractions of a percent.
0: Yeah. Interactive Broker is really an incredibly consumer friendly brokerage firm um, from their the interest they pay, and it's a sweep. You don't have to do anything. You just sweep. Uh, you do a trade and it automatically moves into that 4.7 or 4.8. Now, they don't pay you any you- interest on the first 10,000. But anything above 10,000, you make that 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 sweep money, their sweep account.
2: Do you have They're any record?
0: the only ones that are paying anything more than a percent. So there, you could just choose to take the 4.7 and avoid all this because you're already doing it. And they're friendly and it's all working fine for you. But you could also take it and put it into a T-bill ETF and earn 5.4 right now or a T-bill and earn five and a half. So there is, again, do you have 8,000 extra dollars? It's not worth the 0.8. But if you have 50 extra thousand dollars or 150 or 500 extra thousand dollars, that fraction of a percent is real money. 0.7 on 500,000 is $3,500 a year. That's almost 300 a month. That's worth a button click. So- Right. Um, it, again, it's, this is so in the weeds, but once you get there and you see, I mean, I cannot tell you how, I probably helped about 80 people directly do this. And they message me back, like I'm making 1700 a month. Is this real? What's the catch? I'm like, there is no catch. Congratulations. You get to make an extra 20,000 a year for the rest of your life. As long as rates stay here. You know, if they drop a percent or two it'll drop a little if it goes up a little it goes up a little. you know yearning the rate that is the rate and they move on and i mean like i've just helped i think i've helped about i have a record it somewhere it was over 200 million dollars of money i've actually talked to people about and helped them allocate already and um it's just amazing because all that money is producing this tremendous cash flow stream that was not
1: there before so, do you have any um recommendations on a broker to buy T-bills for a business that doesn't trade?
0: That's a good question. I don't have that information except does I think Meritra- Treasury
1: Direct, does Treasury Direct have uh, Okay. So Can you access it directly through there? Yes,
0: you can buy directly from Treasury Direct. In fact, Treasury Direct is um, also the site where you can go and look at current upcoming auctions and recent auctions. And there's a ton of information there. We'll do a video, Kurt, and I'll drop it in here. And it'll go through all this and show it to people. I've done that before. It's much easier to see and understand when it's a little more visual. So, yes, you can do it there. And if you're in a business and you just have your money at the bank. By all means, use TreasuryDirect.gov and go get that – gobble up that 5.5%. Ameritrade allows you to have uh, a, an LLC account. So I don't know if that's an LLC trading account or an operating business account. So you're going to have to ask them on that?
1: Yeah, it, it was uh, – so he said that TreasuryDirect does it, but there is a wait of 20 weeks. Wow. <laughs> That yeah, shot so, yeah. Yeah. So, Vic, your your option might like. I'm wonder if you can just open up. Like, it might even that you don't have to execute a trade. You might just have to open like a business Schwab account or TD account, and uh,
0: I'd call buy them. And just, need, I'd call whoever you're doing business with and ask if they allow for a business account. Now, the other thing is, let's touch base on that a little bit. So. The benefit of doing the Treasury bill and the Treasury bill ETF is because those throw off margin relief that can be used, as we just described. And if you're trading futures options, you don't need the margin relief. You just need the cash allocated, period, to earn the extra return. In the case of a business where you just want to earn more than the zero rate they're paying you in the checking account, and you have an operating business, and you have 80000 that's sitting there all the time, and you really only need 15000 in and out money every month. Blah, 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 whatever the dynamic is. The bank's not paying you squat. You really don't have to go get the T-bills because you're not trading this money. You don't need the buying relief. You could just go buy an actual CD with it. CDs give you no buying power relief. That's why we haven't talked about CDs tonight. If you put your money in a CD, your money's in the CD. You don't get any buying power relief from it. So unless you have a gigantic account where you want to put some in a CD just to have it in the CD, it's, and right now, it's a weird dynamic because for the most part, the T-bills and T-notes are paying more than the CDs that the banks are offering. Uh, and we could have a whole separate discussion on that and what's happened to the banking industry and what happened to Silicon Valley Bank in March and what how the banking industry is still under stress right now. We won't. We can have another discussion on that. But it's there. So if you have an account, a, bus- a business where you have a bunch of cash just sitting there, I would talk to your broker first, and then if your broker can can do it, you can either use the treasuries or you can go buy their brokered CDs and and do that as well. So that's definitely a viable option. Basically, based on that on that comment, Kirk, we all should look everywhere where we have cash and make sure it's properly al- allocated everywhere for wherever its use is. So, in an IRA, we don't want to start, and we're trading futures. We don't want our cash just sitting there, put the excess into BIL or a T bill and understand it in your business. Don't let it sit there earning nothing. We, I'm on a mission to stop the man from making money on our money. And that's what this is all about tonight. We want to make the money on our money. So, yeah, go talk to your brokerage account and see if they'll let you do a business account. If not, go to bankrate.com and search for CDs. Uh, and you'll find a whole bunch of banks that are paying these stupid high interest rates on their CDs. So it's not hard to find. That is a great other avenue, and I'm glad you mentioned it. What are the awesome. questions? Awesome.
1: And then um, I am asked ask if there was any other questions left here, and I got uh, Mike asked, if Tasty gives margin in IRA, has anyone done it on TD? So the type of margin for I- retirement accounts is – it's like a – it's a – I forget what the exact name of it, but it's a different type of margin. But everything has to be everything has to be cash secured.
0: It it span yeah. So in an IRA or any qualified plan like a four hundred one k or anything like that, and everyone's basically trading an IRA. Most people who have a four hundred one k they've rolled it into an IRA. They're trading it. There is no margin in an IRA account, so you get no margin relief for anything. You use your cash, and that's all you can use it for. So if you put thirty thousand into into a T bill or a T bill ETF, there is no margin relief from that in an IRA or any kind of qualified account. But you are earning that rate
2: on that cash that was just sitting there before. So do it.
1: <clears throat> All right. Yeah. So I think I think this we I think this is a good spot to wrap it up because like you said, it's a deep, deep rabbit hole. Um, for all the listeners that are here tonight and in the future here, I will put Ed's contact info in the episode description as well as all the various places you can find him hanging out in discord, um, open book, uh, any question you want to ask you want to jump on the phone and pick his brain, anything you want to do. he's he's super helpful. And I think it's um I think it's an interesting topic because, like you said it in the in the very beginning, there's been a whole lost generation of interest mm-hmm. rate. Uh, Mm -hmm. beneficiaries I guess I should say so uh, yeah I I mean everything I read would always say 60-40 60-40 but um, bonds never yielded anything so I was always a 100% equities guy but now you know cash actually does something so it's 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 a new rabbit hole to explore yep
0: and like you said I am available I get a lot of pings during the day so I probably can't run Immediately, but I might I just never know. I am available. I'm very excited to spread this information. And I've had great expansion. Uh, a few months back, I was in one, actually two discords, and now I'm in seven. It's kind of mushrooming pretty fast. So I am enjoying it. I feel like I'm impacting the world by spreading this information, and it's it's fun to do it. So thank you for the opportunity to speak to you and your people tonight. And people don't be shy. Reach out to me. I'll do the best I can to help you out.
1: Awesome. Thanks again for coming on. And if anyone else has any questions, we want to go ahead and hang up now. And uh, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow when we're back on that Zero DT sell button. Thanks again, Ed. Thanks, guys and gals. Bye-bye.